This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. We hate grace. Do you know that? Because you want to work your way to your salvation. You want to work your future into your hands. You want to put your hands on your life and you want to work out your salvation, but not with fear and trembling. You want to work out your salvation with your good works. Your future is not in your hands. Um, this is the temptation that you faced this week when you chose purposefully to walk away from trusting God and finding satisfaction in your works. Uh, verse 13. Look at the number of times, and if it's your own Bible, you might want to walk, mark this. How many times Zophar says you and your? Okay? If you prepare your heart, you will stretch out your hands towards Him. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like I said, it's going to be so close to beautiful spiritual gospel truth. If you prepare your heart, the Bible does talk about circumcision of the heart, changing your heart. But who can circumcise your heart? A doctor? Your good works? No way! By no means can you write your heart. You are dead in your sins. You cannot write your heart. Only God can. You cannot prepare your heart. You cannot stretch out your hands towards Him. And He says, if iniquity is in your hand, put it far away. And let not injustice dwell in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face with a blemish. You will be secure and will not fear. You will forget your misery. You will remember it as waters that have passed away. In the noonday, its darkness will be like the morning. And you will feel secure because there is hope. You will look around and take your rest in security. You will lie down and none will make you afraid. And many will court your favor. I don't know how to get this across to a modern day westernized Christianity, but you can do nothing. Nothing. I really hope it hurts your pride. And I will tell you, you're the biggest fool in the kingdom if you think you can please God with your works. Now also let me tell you that the Bible does say in the book of Isaiah that your righteousness is like filthy rags. It does not mean that God hates your righteousness. God loves it when we live a life that's fighting sin. My mom and I had a long conversation about this. She said, then can we just go on sinning? I was like, hell no. <laughs> I was at home so I could say that, okay? You cannot. In fact, Paul, that is his emphasis when he writes in the book of Romans. How can you who's dead to sin keep on sinning? You cannot do that. If you say you're dead to it, how can you go on doing it? You were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in your sin. And now you've been made alive in Christ. So if you're alive in Christ, you've got to hate sin. You cannot keep going back to that. But God loves that. God loves obedience. In fact, to obey is better than sacrifice. But if you think your obedience is what is going to get you dancing into the throne room of grace, you're an idiot. You've lost it. You, you don't really understand the gospel and you're unsaved and you're still in your sin and there is no salvation for you where you are right now if you're trusting your own works. Your hands was not made to carry your future. You cannot dictate your future with God. In fact, you know what? Um, I was thinking about this because I'm getting a lot of these Facebook memories that's coming back again from last year and it's crazy how you know we had a one-week lockdown and that lasted just a week, right? <laughs> right? I mean, some of you guys, your life is changed forever because of what happened with that one decision to close down for one week. I know some of you, you don't realize it, but your life has changed forever. 
Your relationships aren't the same. Your job is not the same. Your house is not the same. Your health is not the same. Your outlook in life is not the same. Your Christian life is not the same. Your children are not the same. And we have the audacity to think that, man, I can manipulate God with my good works that good things will happen to me. <laughs> good luck, buddy. Your hand was not made for you to dictate your future. And Zophar is saying, dude, look at you. Take a hold of your life, man. Come on. You prepare your heart. You stretch out your hands. You put it away far. You lift up your face. You will be secure. You will forget your misery. Your life will be brighter. You will feel secure. You will look around and you will lie down. It's all you, 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 you. Job chapter 13, verse 7. Uh, Job replies just real quick. He says, will you speak falsely for God so far and speak deceitfully for him? You really think that that's how God works? You really think, Zophar, that your works can fool God? And he says in verse 8, will you show partiality towards him? Will you plead the case for God? He's saying, oh God, look at me, I'm so good. God is not a teacher for you to be like, oh, I'm the teacher's favorite pet. When you hate your teacher, when you abuse your teacher's grace just so that you'll get some extra grades. You really think you can deceive God so far? I know I'm sitting here in my sores. I look like a fool and I've lost everything and you look good. You look great and you can say whatever you want to say because you're not in pain. I'm the one screaming, but you really think so far that your works has done enough for you to kiss up to God that you can deceive him. And look at the question he asked and I want to ask you this question. He says, will it be well with you when he searches you out? Or can you deceive him as one deceives man? Oh, wow. Okay, here's the problem. I, once again, I don't know how to get this under the skin and through the cartilage and into your heart because there are people living in the church like in the world that think that they can fool God with their works. They actually think that, you know, when I see him face to face, I will teach him about grace, okay? And he's got, me, got to let me in. And you excuse your life. You excuse your behavior. You excuse your sin. You excuse your lifestyle. And you go on with your works. Because there are some things that you've done that you are holding to your credit as righteousness. And you actually think you can fool God. And Job's saying, you, okay, wait a minute, man. You really think you can fool God. Is it going to be okay with you when the, when the flip is script? When the tables are turned? And now, you are standing before God. Just everything you're telling me that I wish God would talk to you. I wish that God will show you a you know, good dose of wisdom. What if you had to stand before God? You really think your works are going to hold up? Isn't that crazy that Job, this is the first book in the Bible, by the way, the oldest book in the Bible, and he's asking these questions. You really think you're going to be saved by your works? You really think that you're going to be saved by doing you know, these, these things of like, man, I will pray and I will open my heart and I will stretch out my hands and I will sing good songs and that's what's going to save you. Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. It's not going to be up on the screen. He says, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now trying to reach the goal by flesh? You started by the Spirit and now you're trying to be perfected by the flesh? There's an old poem by William Ernest Hensley. It's called Invictus. It says, it matters not how straight the gate. This is the last verse in the, in the poem. It says, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Sadly, many Christians live that way. I am the captain of my soul. I am the master of my fate. In fact, one of the lines in the poem is, my head is bloody but unbowed. We walk with pride. We don't walk with humility. We don't walk with surrender. 
In fact, the blessing that God gives you, it doesn't cause you to love him more and to humble yourself before him more. It actually causes you to rise up in pride. And just because God has not confronted you and you're like Zophar, you have it all together. You're not like Job. You think that you're in the right standings with God, but you're not. And in your hands, you think that you can manipulate your future. That you can play the right cards, pull the right strings, go to the right people, listen to the right things and apply from what the worthless counselors are telling you and physicians are telling you and you think you've got it all together. And it's easy for you to sit over here and this is, okay, maybe not for you, maybe this is for me. I look at what's happening in India right now. There are people dying every day. There are friends that every single day I'm getting news of people passing away, people that I've known and people that I've spent time with. And it's really sad because it's, it's, the, the population is so big and, and, and it's insane how many people are dying over there and the lack of resources that they have. And it's easy for me to sit over here and to think that I am blessed and I am fine because of what I do and completely ignore the grace of God. It's not that God hates them and that's why they're dying over there. God knows what he's doing and even when we don't see it, he's working like we sang. But just because you have it fine over here doesn't mean that you have been able to manipulate your future and your present because of your works. We cannot be like the poor man Invictus. My head is bloody but unbowed. I'm the captain. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. We cannot do that. Your hands were not made to carry your future. And Job is going to unleash on his friends on who God is and what he does. You see, Job's problem was not about blessing at all. Job's problem was not about his stuff. In fact, I don't see Job really talking about, man, I've lost my children. Job's pro see Zophar and Bildad and Eliphaz, they're talking to him about, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then prosperity will come. You do this, and then blessing will come. You do this, and then you'll be able to rest in peace. Job doesn't care about any of that. What does he care about? God, are we okay? God, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I, I, did I do something? Is it the sin for my youth that you're bringing up? I don't get it. I love you and I know you love me have you ever couples have you ever done that it's like I don't care what color curtains you want I don't care where you want to put the couch I don't care what you want to have for dinner I just want to know are we okay hey babe I don't care where we want to go for dinner I don't care which car you want to drive I don't care what time you want to go what do you want me to wear I will wear what you are we okay I don't care how much it costs you ever been there it's great if you're able to be there because you say, I don't care about everything else around me. I just want to make sure we're fine. And that's what Job says, God, all this, it's fine. It's go. I know it's temporary. Are we okay? Are we fine? But all his other friends, because they're so works-based, and they think that they hold the future in their hands, all they care about is the temporary. And they don't submit to the eternal God. Number two. I said, your hands were not made to hold the world. God holds the world in his powerful hands. Oftentimes we try to, I mean, especially with social media, man, we kind of feel like we can actually, I mean, it's nothing wrong to step out and to say, I want to bring a change in the world. That's what I attempt to do. I really want the gospel to go far and wide. But I need to recognize that it's God who holds the world in his hands, not me, not my eloquence, not my calling, not my gifting, not my money, not my citizenship, not my race. It's God who holds the world in his hands. And here's another good side note too. While you're struggling and while you're in pain and while you feel alone, remind yourself of the attributes of God. Remind yourself of who God is. And you know what? I Forgive me please because this is the first time I think I'm doing this from this stage. I found it really hard to practice this this week. I tried. 
I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm hard. And I was like, I got to remind myself of the attributes of God. I, I got to, and I found it really hard. And I couldn't really practice what I'm preaching right now. But you know how I was able to practice this? And I was really happy about this in worship. It was great. It was fantastic. I'm so thankful that God uh, has given us, and I think there are very few religions in the world that actually worship through song. And I think there's power when we come together and worship. There's power when we come together and sing songs. So next week when you come for us to sing, sing louder. You know, engage more. Because oftentimes when you are going through battles and you're weak, remind yourself the attributes of God. And if you're so weak that you're unable to use your intellect to stitch words together, to open your mouth and to scream out, God, you are good, turn on a song. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Just let it play in the background. It's okay if you can't sing. It's all right if you have to sit down. Just let it play in the background. Just let it enter into yours and start to change your soul. Let it start to change the rhythm that you're walking in. Let it start to change the frequency in which you live. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Is he being good to you? Amen. It's okay if you can't say amen to that just yet, okay? But let it resonate in your soul. Job, he's in, he's in pain. He's in agony. He's all alone. His friends are criticizing him. But he steps up and he begins to talk about the attributes of God. And he reminds his friends that it's not them. It's not the rich. It's not the eloquent. It's not the bold that hold the world in their hands. It is God who holds the world in his hands. In Job chapter 12 verse 10, he says, In his hands. Whose hands? Zophar's. No, in God's hands, in his hands is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. I really hope I'm speaking to someone here this morning when you feel weak, when you feel worn down, when you feel tired and you are unable to even get yourself to say, God, you hold the world in your hands. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but sometimes God will walk you through those seasons and I'm glad that God walks me through those seasons because without the cross, there is no crown and God will crush you. And he will, ah, you feel so isolated. You feel so alone. You feel so down in the dumps. And then this, this verse in Job chapter 12 verse 10 comes like a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. In his hands is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. God, you hold everything in your hands. Can we just take like 20 seconds? And just let that kind of resonate in you. God, everything is in your hands. As you take a breath, I want you to know that you're in His hands. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.